Hey, everybody, just letting you know that Mike Lindell and I, the MyPillow guy, we partnered up, and he wants to help this show, and I want to help him. If you go to MyPillow.com and order all the products you know you're going to buy, towels, sheets, blankets, robes, all these kinds of things, dog beds even, go to MyPillow.com and use the code word Kate, K-A-T-E. You're going to get the deepest discount on all these items. They're the very best of all these items. He handpicked these things, and let me just tell you, you're also going to help Truth and Radio, and you're also going to be helping Mike Lindell. Isn't that fantastic? It's a great combination that you can do right from your own home. Call 800-873-1052. That's the phone number, 800-873-1052. You can order directly on that phone number or go to MyPillow.com, but make sure to put the code word Kate in. Thanks, you guys. Today's weather, sunny with a 100% chance of government overreach. The Kate Daly Show starts now. important. We are going for speed um, over accuracy. That's a choice we had to make. I I share some caution on this because um, we just don't know the long-term side effects of of basically modifying people's um, DNA and RNA. It's not been FDA approved. It's totally experimental. It's um, authorized only under experimental um, emergency use. We have zero, zero long-term studies on what's going to happen down the road with this anti-spike antibody, what can happen with autoimmune diseases, with neurological conditions, with cardiovascular type of conditions. In fact, humanity right now as we speak, we are the experiment. The researchers have found indirect evidence of this in a small number of tissues taken from patients, and their study caused a huge stir in the scientific community and a lot of questions. Could these DNA changes explain certain long hauler symptoms or autoimmune disease? Could these changes increase the risk of cancer? It sounds scary, and maybe it is scary, but I think it's might. It's probably just a big nothing burger. (laughs) A lot of people don't know how to register. Not everybody in the community, in the Hispanic and the African-American community, particularly in uh, uh, rural areas that are distant and or inner city districts, know how to use, know how to get online. There's a reason why it's been harder to get African-Americans initially to get vaccinated. Because they used to be an experiment on the Tuskegee Airmen and others. People have memories. People have long memories. It's awful hard as well to get Latinx vaccinated as well. Why? They're worried that they'll be vaccinated and deported. So look, from day one, something that Governor Cooper has been totally focused on is making sure we get as many people vaccinated. We weren't born yesterday, fella. Hi there. Welcome. Kate Daly Show. Hope you're doing well today on a Friday. I love Fridays. I really do. We have a great show. When I say we, I just mean myself and all my guests. <laughs> we have, uh, I have uh, Mike Eager and I also, uh, who's the Dynalube guy. Uh, I also have uh, Ron Gibson, who is uh, chairman of the biggest mining district and uh, whiz on land law and uh, mining law. We'll be talking about how to solidify your piece of property. We have so much to talk about. Alex Newman joins me in the next hour. I'm still in Facebook jail. Yes, Facebook felon. 
and again and for the gazillionth time. And so um, I post stuff right on the website, katedallyradio.com. So if you have any questions about what we're talking about every day, I'm going to go ahead and post right on the website. And it says uh, under the show topics, uh, you can go there and you can get the information I talk about. Um, also, in the last hour, Investigator Dave is coming on. Um, talk a little bit more about China, BlackRock, all kinds of stuff uh, in that last hour. We all know that BlackRock is buying up properties left and right and has been since 2009. Um, then using them as rentals, jacking up the prices and putting people out of home ownership really and truly it's one of the goals is to kind of get people out of home ownership and uh and so we're going to be talking about that in this first hour and as we go to podcast in this show too the show's turned into a podcast please share the podcast uh with your friends and and neighbors there were a lot of people on that clip starting out with our weirdo governor who calls himself by pronouns and then also um suggests that uh, the vaccine is delivered speed over accuracy because they don't really care how accurate accurate it is or safe. It's just about speed. Went into Mark Zuckerberg talking about how experimental it is. Sherry Tenpenny sets the record straight by saying, oh, hey, it's very experimental. They don't know what's going to happen over the next decade uh, with these shots. And they're really trying to entice you to get it through lap dances and money and all kinds of stuff. Uh, Lap dances in Vegas, free beer, Budweiser, you name it. Um, Everyone's giving out a freebie for the vaccine. And then on top of that, he was so insulting and racist in his comments towards the Latino or Latinx, Latinx community. Do you know what Latinx means? That's the new word um, out there by Biden. The new word is uh, basically a gender non-binary gender use of the Hispanic community term Latino. So it's called Latinx very strange. Um, But he always is insulting to anyone in the rural communities. He's also very insulting to uh, Latino and black communities, telling them they don't know how to get online. They don't know how to use the internet. They can't get to the Walgreens. And then also, um, we're just afraid to be experimented on. And could we just not be afraid anymore? By the way, the the Tuskegee Airmen, um, that was a syphilis thing, not a vaccine thing. But anyway, here we are. I have Ron Gibson with me, uh, who is, uh, my gosh, there's so much to say about you, Ron. Uh, we've had him on the show before, and you are doing an event tomorrow at the Spring Hill uh, Marriott off the Washington exit, and so I locally, and you are a whiz at letting people know how to deal with land, how to deal with getting uh, that land secure, solidified, and if there was ever a time to do it, now would be it. Um, you are chairman of the my biggest mining district in the country, also uh, land law, mining law. And I love that. And welcome to you and Mike Eager, Dynaloop. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I love Thank it. You. This Pleasure is great. To see you again, Kate. Absolutely. I'm, ex- I'm actually excited to have you guys in. Um, I, uh, I'm going to take a, uh, I was going to take a quick call, but you know what? Let's just roll into this because what, tomorrow, um, you can actually uh, go from 8 to 5. You can pop in if you need to. We understand. Uh, but tomorrow, 8 to 5, uh, you are doing a seminar, Ron, that is on correct. this. And it includes your book. It's $250. It includes this amazing book. Oh, my gosh. I know because I have it. And um, it really is detailed in how to get your land secure. Because what is the big problem that people don't understand about their their land, their home, what they think they own, right? Well, the thing that is becoming more increasingly evident, and that is that they're coming after your land. And I've been 
if it can put it in that context, screaming this from the rooftop for the last 35 years. Yes, you have. And now you're seeing more and more blatant evidence of that. <clears throat> and first of all, let me say, your, your warranty deed is not a title. And that's a very wrong So everyone has a warranty deed. Everybody uh, thinks that that is the title to their property. That is correct. Okay. And what that is, as we determine, as we define it, excuse me, in law, it's called a color of title. Okay. And what that means is that there's a title somewhere, but that is not it. The only true title to land is a land patent. And <clears throat> there's a tremendous history of the success of the land patent and whatever. In 1946, the United States Congress unlawfully implemented the Administrative Procedures Act. And what that did is that that set aside uh, unlawfully our constitutional republic and set up a corporate government. Uh, there's no provision in the Constitution for a corporate government. What year was this? Pardon? What year was this? Yes. Not what year? What year? 19... No, uh, excuse me, 1946. Okay. Uh, I, I believe it's June 11, 1946. Well, what happens very shortly after that, the government began to redefine legal terms. And, for instance, instead of before land was identified and called land, after that it was called real estate. And here's what happened, to give you a very short synopsis of that. If you brought your patent in, in other words, every purchaser of land, he got the patent from the seller, okay? okay? okay. And that worked its all the way down from the original grantee, which was the original recipient of that. After that enactment of the Administrative Procedures Act, when you brought your land patent into the county recorder to be recorded, they kept that land patent and then issued back to the purchaser of that land what was called a warranty deed. Okay. Well, they didn't understand what the difference was. They were right. just told, this is your new title. Okay. When, in fact, it was not a title at all. Does it matter if the land is fully paid for or not? No, it does not matter. It does not matter. Okay. And I, I have a process uh, that's been tested in the courts of bringing that original patent uh, for, uh, benefit forward to the person who is listed as an owner of record. In other words, if you buy a land, you got your warranty deed, and it's recorded in the county recorder's office, that qualifies under the United States Supreme Court ruling that that you are now classified and considered to be an owner of record. Okay. Mm. Okay. And so as, as a result of being an owner of record is that there are certain requirements, documents that you have to obtain to bring forward that. But you need a full chain of title from you back to the original grantee. Mm -hmm. And that way, and that's you'll find that in a case, Supreme Court case called Hooper versus Scheimer. What that does, Kate, is that it allows you now to take full possession of the title, mm. of the title, as well as the benefits. And with every patent that's issued, there are a bundle of rights that go along with that. And those rights are not just a term. They're called vested rights. 
and vested rights as well as the patent title is in law. It's in the Constitution of the United States of America. And so that means that no local court or regulatory agency has any authority to come and infringe upon what you do with your property or on your property, with the exception. Mm -hmm. There is an exception, and it's called the police power. Every state has a police power. And if you're doing something on or with your property that is a direct threat, not a proposed, not a hypothetical, right, not a but perceived. a direct, exactly, <laughs> a direct threat uh-huh. to public health and safety, then the state can step in. But that's the only provision. And I drive government people and attorneys and judges crazy because we're so indoctrinated now that we have mm-hmm. to ask permission for everything. Right. And that land patent puts you is, and I'm going to put it in its proper context. You are king of your land because in the report Mm -hmm. from the General Land Office to the Senate and Congress dated 1870, they state in that official report that all patents issued by the United States are allodial. Mm -hmm. And people say, well, what's allodial? Right. Allodial means owing to no one, to no lord nor superior. Ooh. Which means that you're king of your land. Okay, we're going to come back. I actually have some okay. questions for you. Like, uh, what's above the land and below the land when you have land? I mean, there, I have lots of questions. Be right back. More with Ron Gibson. He is the man when it comes to understanding the law and land and mining. We'll be right back. More with Mike Eager, too. Be right back on the Kate Daly Show. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. Don't fix me in. Let me ride through the wide open country that I love. Don't fix me in. Let me be by myself in the evening breeze. Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees. Send me off forever, but I ask you, please, don't fence me in. I just turn me loose. Hi Let there. A little willy for you. Makes me want to break out my guitar. Uh, welcome back. Kate Daly Show for you. And, uh, you know, we're here to give you good information and uh, clarify things and make life a little easier. Hopefully that's... Hopefully those are the things we're delivering every day to you. And um, also get over to uh, our sponsors are amazing, by the way, because they might not even agree with everything that's said on the show or I say on the show. But you know what? They believe in America enough that they support free speech. They support truth in radio. And I just applaud that. And everyone should, actually. So make sure you get over to uh, ABC Auto Body Central. And if you are in an accident, those are the only guys I would want fixing my car. I'm not joking. They have fixed my cars, and this is how I know by experience. But um, five-star rating. They'll even come to your home to do the assessment. ABC, these guys have a tremendous amount of knowledge, and you will love them. ABC, Auto Body Central. Also, make sure uh, Ward Wagner is the name in chiropractic care. When people move here, they ask me, you know, hey, you know, where should I go? Well, well, that's easy. It's Ward Wagner because he has every piece of equipment. He is so knowledgeable and, uh, and goes so far in depth and is so caring. 
you will love this chiropractic experience because he has every way to help you with neuropathy, all kinds of things. And uh, he's the man. Uh, he even does a show after mine on this channel. And so make sure you go over to Ward Wagner. He is incredible at DixieChiro.com. You will adore him. And uh, he is just a wonderful, wonderful man, knows what he's doing. Um, so go to Dixie, uh, DixieChiro.com, $99 assessment when you get there. And also, I have to give it up for Mike, uh, Mike Eager and uh, Dynalube because people still call in about Dynalube on this show. And let me just tell you, I love it. First thing when I saw Mike today, I need more Dynalube because I do. I need it for my cars. I wouldn't want to run a car without Dynalube because it really does make your engine that efficient. And in a time when the car age of a car now is about 12 years because we're hanging on to our cars a little bit more, make sure that you have Dynalube in those in those engines. Diesel, regular gas, I mean, you name it, you're going to want Dynalube. It's going to make that engine run so efficiently and so much better. It's a wonderful oil additive, and I wouldn't be without it. So thank you, Mike, for that invention. It's amazing. Yeah. My pleasure. It's, yeah. I, I, I'm very gratified because everyone who orders the product has an interesting documentary. <laughs> I'll bet you. Benefit. They do. And it's, uh, so how, it's how do they fun. order it from you? Pardon? How do they order it from you? Dynalube.com. Dynalube.com. Easy peasy. And you can also, it's, I think all the Ace Hardwares and different auto stores around here yeah, carry it too. Right. All right. Even in Delta. Yeah. The word on the street is Dynalube. Dynalube really is, man. <laughs> I mean, this is a fantastic invention. I, I, man, what a great product. Thank you. People rave about it on this show. All right, Ron, um, do you, do you own everything that's underneath the ground and on top of the ground when you own a piece of property? A lot of people have questions like this because, uh, there's claims that you don't own the minerals underneath or anything underneath, uh, that the government might own some of this. I hear this a lot from people. And so do you want to clarify that when you own a piece of property? You bet. Be glad to. <clears throat> Originally, when the land patents were issued, mm-hmm. you got everything. Right. And then four years later, the, the, the Homestead Act came into effect in 1862. And in 1866, the mineral law came into effect. And so as the prospective miners and Mm -hmm. seeking their fortune went out into the public domain and to look for minerals, a lot of times they found it on predisposed property, which had to do with these patents that had already been issued. So when that mineral had already passed with those patents, and then later on, uh, there's a decision that came down from the Secretary of Interior by the name of Noble. And because of the conflict, the, the, the surface estate, that being the land patent, is a separate estate from the mineral uh, estate, which is, for all mm-hmm. intents and purposes, uh, a subsurface. There became a lot of conflict between the owner of the surface and the mineral. And so the, the uh, noble decision stated, and put it this way to clarify, if mineral is known to exist at the time of the issuance of the patent, then the mineral does not pass with the patent. Mm. So to go back in history, if you're doing research, you will find a number of patents that were issued that you got mineral, you got the surface, you got the whole enchilada. Mm-hmm. But later on, as the conflicts became uh, very apparent, that that policy changed mm. so that... 
you had to determine. So now the prospective miner had to get somebody uh, that understood the mineral and the the former, mm-hmm. if you please, he had to find somebody could determine whether it was mineral mm-hmm. in character or not. Right, right. So it created a whole beehive of activity until they finally got all the bugs and right. stuff worked out of it. Okay. But also, I want to mention, Kate, if I may, that with the issuance of a lodial title, mm-hmm. is that you get the land and the water. Thank you. I was just about to ask about this. And a number of states Mm -hmm. are trying to claim ownership of the water. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you as a matter of law, I've been in law for 49 years. I teach uh, mining law. I teach uh, homestead. I teach patent, et cetera. The the point being is that that water uh, is a uh, disposed property is the word that I'm looking for. Okay. If you're under a homestead patent, because those are agricultural, then they understood our our forefathers in the Congress that set up this mm-hmm. stuff, that you had to have water. Right. Also, you have to have water for the mining. Okay. Now, there's two differences. One of them is a consumption of water for agriculture. The other is a temporary use of water. Then it's released. So the... That's kind of how that's set Okay, up. so I get a piece of property. I want to build a drill. It costs about 500 bucks. I want to do a drill down for water. Um, and so do I own that water? Can I drink that water? Is that Absolutely. okay to do that well? Absolutely. Okay. The water goes with the land. And if it's within the perimeter boundary of your property, right. whether that water is stationary on the top, I'm talking about a pond or a, yeah. a slough or whatever, if it's underground in an aquifer, that belongs to you. If there's a stream that goes through your property, then you have what's called a riparian right. Now, on those riparian rights, you can't take it all, but you are entitled to mm-hmm. a portion of that right. for the purpose of... Right. Okay. It's okay. Phones go off all the time. Oh, you meant yeah, to shut it off. Yeah, I know. It's radio. <laughs> It's live and it's Friday. What can I say? Um, but I'm so glad you're clarifying this because as we're sold on this, we're in a drought thing. I want to make sure people know that if they have a piece of property, maybe they wanted to do a well on there, a little tiny well, they could drill down and do that. It's their own property. So correct. on the patent, a lot of people out there are probably wondering, so how? So it's a physical document. It's a physical document. And if it hasn't been handed from landowner to landowner, how do you achieve that physical document to where now you have a patent on it? How do you get the patent on it? The BLM, the Bureau of Land Management, it's mm-hmm. now called, used to be the General Land Office. I call it the Gestapo. But yeah, yes, well, that's ahead. all one and the same, and you're correct. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's the Gestapo. But uh, you have to, to locate... In your paperwork with your warranty deed, Mm -hmm. what's called your meets and bounds. Mm -hmm. And the meets and bounds consist of township, Mm -hmm. range, section, and where you're located within that section. And for instance, your property, let's say, located in the northeast quarter, the southwest quarter, or the southwest quarter. Okay. Or some semblance, whatever it is. And And you have to have those four elements to contact the Bureau of Land Management because that's the only ID 
that was ever given to that land patent at the time that it was issued Ooh. to the first recipient. Being so you're the speaking grantee. their language. That on is that. correct. Okay. And that, okay. those all come from survey. But it is the true identification of your land is predicated upon that meets and bounds. Okay. And so when you have that, then contact the Bureau of Land Management. And those letter patents, they're not expensive. In Oregon, where I live, they're a buck and a half a piece or mm-hmm. something right. there. But, but you need that you teach- to bring your... All day tomorrow. This is what you teach all day, 8 o'clock to 5 o'clock tomorrow at the Spring Hill Marriott off the Washington exit, off that new exit, is how to go through all this process and do this. Because I am telling you, one of the most important things I think you can do is solidify all of this going into this decade. Because they're after land. We're going to see some and, big problems with ownership, land ownership, and um, and their goal, honestly, after all my research, is to drive us off those lands and make sure we don't own them and make sure that they can find any way that they can do it, right? You know, Kate, you, you bring up a very interesting point. There are other elements why this land patent stuff is so critically important, and that is because of code enforcement. We are seeing a a barrage of attack on the private landowner Mm -hmm. of the so-called code enforcement. And that's really, I'm not sure really how to define it. Uh, It's another attempt to take your property. Mm -hmm. Here's what they're doing in our country. Is that they're going in and they're saying, uh, your neighbor complained. Mm -hmm. So we have to investigate. Right, right. That doesn't hold water because, remember, that underlying patent before they change it to a warranty deed is still sitting there. Remember I told right. you about that? And that's forever. Right. So on the basis of that forever, there there's no government entity other than within the, the boundaries of the police power that can come in and make a claim. Because here's the problem that people don't understand. If I can come and, and to the code enforcement and complain about your property and he claims or thinks he has authority, that just destroyed private property. Mm. You see yeah, where I'm going yeah. here? Mm-hmm. It literally destroyed because if you look at the lawful definitions in the court cases, that private property is called private property because it's private. I see. There's a reason for the words. So even though you're paying on a property and the bank holds the note, you should always have this patent. Absolutely. And most everybody out there only has a warranty. And the other neat thing about it that people don't know, <clears throat> mm-hmm. the bank can't foreclose on a patented property. They can't put a lien on it. They may have put a lien on the real estate, right. but they can never put a lien on the patent. The same thing with an eviction. The eviction... Okay. All eviction cases have to be predicated in law on the basis of two factors. Who has superior title and who has a lesser claim to the title? What about reverse mortgages? You know... That's a whole other area, huh? It is. Yeah. First of all, they're unlawful, Mm -hmm. but they do it. I mean, like a whole lot of other stuff. Mm -hmm. But uh, the, 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 the land patent 
stands on its own and it cannot be defaulted. Okay. So even if you're paying on a house, make sure you have this patent. And he teaches the Spring Hill uh, Marriott tomorrow from eight to five, eight in the morning to five. And uh, it includes the book as well. And so, oh man, you need to do this. We're going to talk about um, mineral rights, mining when we come back a little bit too. Don't go far. (laughs) Be right back. This is, isn't this great information? I hope everyone's listening because this decade is about to change all of this and we don't want to be in that change. Be right back. Kate Daly Show. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. A muscle and blood, a muscle and blood, and a skin and bones. You've got a mind that's weak and a back that's strong. You load a 16 tons, and what do you get? Another day older and a deeper in debt. Say, no, Peter, don't you call me, cause I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. Hi there, welcome back. Now, there's an important message in this song. I hope everybody's getting it along with the context of what we're talking about today with Ron Gibson, who is uh, an attorney and also the chairman of the biggest mining district in, uh, in the country, and also uh, uh, just the guy on uh, land law, mining law, has been teaching this for a long time. He's doing a course tomorrow at Spring Hill, uh, locally at Spring Spring Hill Marriott, right off the Washington exit, um, that first exit, and uh, it's that brand new one, 8 in the morning, $250 a person. It includes the book and everything, and I'm telling you, it is worth it because uh, you're basically hiring um, Ron to tell you what exactly to do so you can bypass all those other costs you would pay uh, to do this, which is amazing. And let me just tell you, there's a big lesson in that 16-ton song because private property is what makes America, America. We would not be the country without it. It defines who we are and, and how you how we actually uh, could be individuals and get ahead and also have the opportunities we have. And so if you're going to protect something, protect water, right? Protect your own water, where it's going to come from. And boy, you better figure that out quick for this decade. That's all I'm going to say about that. Not really, but today I am. And then um, also make sure you have that land secure because they're going after it. And, and when I say that, I am not trying to, to do, you know, the, the fear job that most people do. But I am telling you, after everything I've read, you, you go to Agenda 21 and 30, you read the 2010 Rockefeller report on where, what happens to our water sources. I am telling you that they're after our land and they're after water and they're going to try to convince you we're in a drought and uh, they're going to manufacture a, a drought. And so you better figure this out for you and your families. Uh, Ron um, and and Mike Eager's here. Um, you'll remember Mike from from Dynalube as well. He is the car guy. If you ever want to talk to a guy on cars, I think we could have endless conversations about vehicles. I'm not kidding. Um, we but have a with the automobile. <laughs> I love it. He's the inventor of Dynalube. Um, I do have a question for you. So we'll start out with a question. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. What's your question? Hi, my question is, uh, I, I have a well permit mm-hmm. issued on the Virgin River drainage, and uh, according to the state, there have been no new permits issued on that drainage for almost 70 years. Can the state actually take that away from me? They claim they can, mm-hmm. and they claim if I can't prove use of that over the last 10 years or so, that they have rights to it. What's the story mm, there? Interesting. All right. Go ahead. What do you think? That's a very, very good question. What you need to recognize is 
that unless you've brought your property forward into a land patent, you're under administrative jurisdiction. And everything in administrative jurisdiction, for the most part, is by permission. They give you a permit, they can withdraw the permit. They give you a license, they can withdraw the license. And on and on and on it mm. goes. Okay. So, All right. <laughs> if I understood your earlier comments, then it's not too late for me to, uh, whatever you said, draw my, uh, Get the patent. my uh, deed into a patent. Is that correct? I can still do that? That is correct. And I strongly oh. recommend that you and everyone in Kate's listening audience do that because I'm dead serious. I have access to documents that the most of the uh, general public does not. And I'm telling you, your land is on the hit list and it's number one on the priority. They're coming after your land, folks. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Thank, really thank appreciate you. that. You bet. Yeah. A lot of people are going to have questions like that. Right. Go tomorrow to Spring Hill Marriott and ask because you know what? This is the time to ask because this is the time to acquire this. Exactly. To get these land patents. And um, I think this is something that people, I if there's, if there's things that you're going to put on the priority list and take really seriously right now, this is it. This and water. Figure out water right now. Okay. Right? If, if mm-hmm. I may make a quick comment. Sure. To come to this class tomorrow, I know you folks are busy and have other priorities that whatever, but this may be the best day and $250 you ever spend. And I say that because of the things that we've shared here with you. Get your property back into the protective covenant of the land patent because then they can't come and take your water. They can't then dictate to you about what you build on your property right. or what have you. I mean, the, like I say, the bundle of rights that come along with a patent is tremendous. So, yeah, so well worth it. And, and yeah. so what happens, like in your case, where, where the government restricts, like local government here, like restricts your mining access? Like what happens when government tries to restrict access to your said property that you own and you have a patent on? What happens? Well, mining claims become a land patent. Mm-hmm. It's a grant from Congress. Oh. And the local government, the county commissioners, and, of course, the BLM, they don't honor that. But mining claims have, have the rights of real property. Mm-hmm. And mining claims cannot be put into a reserve like they did with the, tor- yeah. the Taurus. Right. That there's Wilbur versus United States, a, a, a famous law case where mining claims cannot be put into a reserve by the government. Yeah. And our mining claims are very valuable. That one document, the Colorado School of Mines came and did a whole thesis study. Mm-hmm. It's the only place in America where silver is found in sandstone. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's like whatever the value there, millions and millions of dollars, is locked up and I can never get to it because of wow. the red tape of, uh, because of the Endangered Species Act. By the way, this is so ridiculous. Tortoise habitat is the other side of Utah Hill. A tortoise is not from here. We, no. Yeah. We commandeered it from California. Yeah, exactly. Placed it here. What, yeah. They, what they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, they confiscated, talk about a land grab, 65, <laughs> uh-huh. almost 65,000 acres. Yeah. Uh, they paid off everybody else. Yeah. But in the mining claims... They, they're they in violation of the law. There was no coordination. Right. Yeah. Title 43, Chapter 17 of the United States Code, mm-hmm. they're in violation of that. 
You, and they won't they won't honor me uh, putting a claim into a court of law. Wow, you know what's interesting about these commissioners here? So for for your very conservative, you think conservative commissioners. Well, I did a story um, back when they gave all that land over, and they didn't. They weren't even asked for that land. They ponied it up. They gave it up. Okay, right. and that was back in the in the eighties. And then what's interesting now is I have conversations with these commissioners, and they all claim there's nothing I can do, Kate. It was done before us. Like they can't do a thing to change anything. This is how wimpy <laughs> and wussy and wussbaggy these people are. This is why I don't have much respect for the commissioners. They ask Mother, may I? They don't stand for anybody. They have, they're spineless. They have no backbone. I'm sorry I'm being harsh, but they deserve it. This is why I want Larry Myers in that seat. I know he won't stand for that kind of stuff. Uh, there's a lot of people wanting that power, but don't give it to him. Give it to Larry Myers. At least you know he'll, he'll respect us. But it's amazing to see how mealy-mouthed they get about it and how almost they want to give the land over. They wanted yeah. that turtle here. They wanted to make sure that that reserve happened. You know what? The original commissioners, when they did this, they said, we have to do this, Mike. They have us over a barrel. Yeah, they. We, I got that. I got and that I from said, Alan okay, Gardner. I get that, it from Victor. Was that a Victor, fifty-five-gallon barrel? Or yeah. <laughs> did they strap you to the barrel? Right, right. <laughs> it's excuse after excuse after excuse. But they love yeah. to give the excuses and act like it's not me. I'm just in the position. Well, we got you in the position to make some changes, buddy, and you never did it, and you just kowtow to whatever the situation mm. is. That's not okay. Well, Katie and and uh, Mike, uh, I have a question here. Sure. Did Do you know whether the county coordinated with the Bureau of Land Management before they ever enacted the tortoise withdrawal? I don't know that. I well, don't, the reason I that I'm notes. asking that question, if in fact they did not, and it's right. required by Title 43, Section mm-hmm. 1701 right. through 1712, uh, uh, mm-hmm. that they have to coordinate with local excuse me, communities for the purpose of protecting people like Mike and ah. other related private property owners. Yeah, they just rolled and, right over him. Well, that's a compensatory taking. Now there's a constitutional violation of, of, of Article 5. Mm-hmm. They violated Article 1, Section 10, Clause 1, which means that they're impairing the obligation of contract. The government, by issuing him a, a and I call it an ORMC number, because that's the numbers we use in Oregon, but a, a Nevada mm-hmm. uh, document, they gave him authorization and confirmation of the 1866 mining law, which is a grant by Congress, and it's enacted in federal legislation. They can't touch his property. Right. And yet they did it anyway. And he has to be able to have access to his property. Well, and the other thing, too, is I shared the only land they can affect, they have a right to do a withdrawal, mm-hmm. but they cannot affect his boundary of his <laughs> Oh, yeah. Excuse <laughs> me. Of his his uh, mining claim property because that mining claim is his title. Wow. We're talking about titles of okay. homestead that I'm sharing in this uh, seminar tomorrow, but he also has a title and it's called your mining claim filings. And that and the reason that that's so important is the fact that the 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 mineral and the mineral estate and the legislation that created that is also tied to national defense, Ooh. 1801 mm-hmm. through 1811, all of Title 30. If you want to go on your computer and look it up, uh, the mining laws from uh, Title 30, Section 21A through 54, and the mining, 
the the national security interest is 1801 to 1811. And throughout that section, Mm -hmm. they talk about maintaining mineral supply for the purpose of national defense. That's why they can't touch his property. Mm, Interesting. And no enactment of 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 a reserve for fowl or mm-hmm. tortoises mm-hmm. can override that thing because it's already a predisposed property. Right, right. Ron, Ron can they can the BLM require me to to buy a permit and to pay them a quarter of a million dollars for a validity exam. And you're not required to file a validity. The BLM is required to file a validity exam, and that's only done if you've applied for patent and hoping that they can find out that you right. don't have an adequate this is, merit. This is why knowledge is power. This is why we always talk about get educated, right? Because yeah. we just don't know enough about exactly. our rights. This is why you're teaching. We're talking to Ron Gibson and Mike Eager. Um, you'll remember Mike Eager from Dynalube, which is an amazing product. Go get it. I don't know why you drive a car without it. And then also Ron Gibson, who is the man when it comes to land rights, land and mining. Um, he is actually doing a seminar tomorrow at Spring Hill Marriott and it's $250. Well worth it, boy. Eight to five. Um, if you need to go late or leave early, you can. And the book comes with this uh, seminar on how to do this because if there's anything that you need to solidify right now, I mean, this is it. And let me just tell you, government's always going to give you the fake fight. You know, I've, I've noticed this a lot with locals, uh, the local city ca- you know, councils all the way to county commissioners. They do a fake fight, which means that they do these little things that try to instill trust. But overall... Well, they screw you over. And so we're getting, it's true, we're getting screwed over on land. And they're going to continuously give land away, devise ways to give land away. They're not going to care about it. They're not going to care about you. And they're not going to care about your private property either. And so don't expect these people to ever stand for you. You've got to do it yourself. That's correct. Right? That's what. That's why I just think it's so, so important. We'll take a very, very quick call. You've got about 20 seconds, caller. Go for it. Uh, Yes, it seems to me there's an elephant in the room we're not talking about. Under the Tenth Amendment of the Constitution, the federal government has no right to be uh, any authority over any land unless state grants it in uh, about three or four areas. So where do they get the power to have any mining laws or any other laws? You're talking back to to begin with. Okay, to begin with, he's talking about way back. Do they get their, do do they just grant themselves their regulations and their policies and everything else? No, the mining law came from the miners themselves. Mm. And they were called mining districts. Okay. And the mining district, by law and right. by international uh, recognition, is an independent nation. Mm. And so the government said, we'd like to enact a federal legislation of which we would put the mining laws that you people have, mm-hmm. <clears throat> have constructed and have proven that works. So they adopted 100% of the of the miners' already pre-existing law. The miners had their courts, they had their law enforcement issues, all of that, their recording processes, etc., uh, etc. Et so on the basis of that, it was for the purpose of having some unity having to do with the public lands. And I want to mention something. I get real irritated 
when I have people say, well, that's BLM land or that's government mm-hmm. land. It's not. Every land law ever made is under what's called a public land law designation. The Constitution makes provision for the disposal of land. They can't own the land, so the land that's acquired went into a trust. Mm. The government is the trustee of that for we the people. Okay, you want to hear more about this? He is full of information for you, training. I mean, you'll be able to do this after this seminar. Go tomorrow. It's really important right now. I can't stress it enough. Thank you, Ron Gibson. I really appreciate you. Thank you, Mike Eager. Really Thank appreciate you for it. Having us. And of course, Thank go to so Spring Hill Marriott tomorrow, eight in the morning. No matter how much time you can spend there, do it. Two hundred fifty dollars. It's it's well worth it. Well, money is great money spent. Next coming up next, Alex Newman. Don't go anywhere.